Thanks for joining us for episode 11 of the Iowa Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Dirks, alongside my co-host and friend, Dr. Bob Leonard. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Iowa Revolution. Also, make sure to subscribe to our Substack and make sure that you get this podcast delivered to your email every Wednesday morning. And also, we're part of the Iowa Podcasters Collaborative. And Dr. Bob is part of the Iowa Writers Collaborative. And we're going to talk about your latest piece on your Substack to start off the show. We'll also be talking about during Iowa Coast to Coast, the Davenport building collapse. More news on that. Plenty of cock talk to talk about today. Nikki Haley had a CNN town hall over the weekend where she kind of put her foot in the mouth. Uh, Mike Pence is supposed to be announcing his candidacy. Uh, Chris Christie also dipping his toe into the race. We'll also talk a little bit about who might be possible contenders for the 2028 Democratic nomination. In a wider scope, we'll talk about the Republican Party's continued assault on the FBI. We do have some good news today, and the top five will be top five Spencers. Cool. uh, We will start off, like I said, with your latest piece in your Deep Midwest Substack. Make sure you search that out and read the whole thing. I shouldn't say latest because you actually had one drop on Tuesday morning, and this one actually was, I think, on Friday afternoon, maybe? Yes, uh, Thursday or Friday afternoon, about 5 o'clock. Just give us some background on what's going on. Well, I'd heard through the grapevine that there was a proposed farmer's market in Pella. There's already a good one there, but a proposed one that would be more Christian, and that uh, it had all these rules and regulations, including that you had to dress according to the, that the vent, it's not clear whether it's just the vendors or the proprietors as well, but that you had to dress according to the clothing attire acceptable for your birth gender. So I guess that means all the women are in skirts and, I mean, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know, it's just crazy. So no, no pants, no shorts for the women. I don't get it. You have to dress modestly, no, oh, you know, representations of LGBTQ stuff. Yeah, no, no pride flags. No, nothing like that. Right. And then the, um, you know, uh, a lot of people in Pella don't like that at all. They love Pella, but they hate it when Pella is, is characterized as this extreme, you know, far-right, wackadoodle Christian place. And so it got a lot of attention. It got about, I don't know, over 4,000 views, which is pretty amazing. Um, some pushback from the fundamentalist types that, you know, if I ever, and one's a pastor, and it's just like somehow he missed Sunday school, but you know, <laughs> there's nothing Christ-like in demonizing and calling people monsters and stuff. So it's, yeah, I don't know where it's going, but um, I spoke with somebody in the know that says they don't think it'll make it to council on the 20th. Other people are thinking it's going to come before council. So the 20th could be a big day or could be nothing in Pella at the city council meeting. So we'll see what comes of it. But there's lots of support for me writing that. And it's, it's uh, I just, you know, bring it up to if they were going to try to hide until the 20th. Somebody thanked me for bringing it to their attention. So yeah, it's one of those things where it's not like you're creating the news, you're reporting the news. Right. And they're not trying to hide the reasons behind this. It's pretty clear why they're doing this. It's interesting. I've not really been to the Pella Farmer's Market. I've been by it before. And it's just like any other farmer's market. I don't know if there's anything going on at that farmer's market that irked somebody that they thought, well, now we need to have a Christian 
farmer's market so we can get away from, you know, the heathens. Well, and I think some people have have this right. It's not about vegetables. It's not about displays. It's about starting another flashpoint for controversy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like you said, it's a very successful, very well-attended farmer's market. The people in Pella support it very well, so I don't know why there would be a need for a second farmer's market. Again, I would certainly recommend people to go out and find that uh, Deep Midwest Substack, not just for that article, but you also had another article this morning, and you do well, one to two articles a week, probably going to be doing even more now in the next couple of weeks after uh, you were officially retired from the radio business. That's right, the 16th, yeah. and I'll miss it very much, and I'm grateful we're continuing our conversations here. I'm glad. That makes uh, that blow up much, much easier to know that I'll at least get to see you once a week during our podcast. Do want to get to the Davenport building collapse? We talked about it briefly in our podcast last week, but a lot of things were developing at that point, and we didn't really want to put the cart in front of the horse. But of course, now we have a lot more reporting that's official. First of all, they have found the final three victims in the rubble. I guess I shouldn't say rubble. We're not exactly sure where they were found and how they were found. But as of now, everybody has been accounted for. The lawsuits are starting to come out. There was two full pages of defendants in one of the lawsuits that I saw. Of course, Andrew Wold, the owner of the building, was the main person, but they were also suing the city of Davenport, different subsidiaries of Andrew Wold, and I could go on and on. But it's just a travesty, and it's made not only national news, but worldwide news. I mean, it's you know certainly the biggest story out of Iowa in a long time. Yeah, it certainly is. It was, you know, it was terrible. And I mean, the circumstances, it was, it was a apartment building for people that don't have a lot of money and fell into disrepair. And they just had a structural engineer in there not very long ago. And they said there were issues, but it was fundamentally sound, which is, you know, really hard to say if you aren't look, I mean, if you aren't looking at the the structure of the building. If you're looking at drywall, it's hard to tell. Although, I mean, you can see cracks and stuff. I was gonna say, like I did see pictures of around windows. You could see cracks yeah. diagonally shooting out that me as a layperson would not want to live in a building that had that situation. No, no. And the thing is, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's all kinds of other buildings just like that. In fact, you read about, you know, buildings, you know, falling down regularly in different places around the world because of structural issues that nobody's making the investment. We had the Minneapolis bridge collapse. It's been quite a long time ago now, but that also kind of came to the forefront of the need to repair bridges and make sure that we're taking care of the infrastructure that we have, which did lead to a lot of improvements, at least in the state of Minnesota. And hopefully this leads to more inspections, more property owners saying, crap, I don't want to get my pants suit off for this building. So hopefully some good comes out of this situation. Did want to mention that Ron DeSantis is sending an emergency uh, is sending emergency management and DOT crews from Florida to help with the recovery. It's a good thought. I'm not going to. No, it's it. not. It's pure <laughs> politics. It's crap. I love, you. I love you. It's crap. It's not. here. I am trying to be fair, but no. you're absolutely right. It is crap. total crap. If he wasn't running for president, if this was. Two years ago, he was. There's not a kind, compassionate bone in his body. He doesn't care about Floridians. Now he's acting like he cares about Iowans. No, and I don't no really mind. know what the need would be for those crew anyway. What are they really going to be doing? It's all performance. 
I do want to mention too, you mentioned that it was deemed structurally sound, but a 911 call was placed the day before the collapse. Davenport fire crews were on scene for only four minutes before they left. They were there within two minutes and then they left before five minutes and we're not yet sure what they did while they were there. We've not seen that information. But four minutes doesn't seem like enough time to really inspect things. No, we don't know what else is going on. We don't, you know, even know the skills they have that, you know, firefighters have at building safety. And, you know, and I, do, have, yeah, I don't want to blame the fire crew because that's the people you call for an emergency, but they certainly wouldn't be the people that would be actually fixing the building or I don't know if they even have in that circumstance. Obviously, they can say if there was a fire that the building is unsafe to return to, but I'm not exactly sure what authority that they would even have in that situation. It just I just wanted to bring it up just because there were all sorts of alerts and tenants trying to reach people saying that this building is unsafe, and obviously it fell on deaf ears. Right. Or mainly deaf ears. Yeah, and a tragedy ensued. Let's go on to Cock Talk. I mentioned we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're getting into the summer months, so a lot of the candidates are going to be at all different kinds of county fairs and state fair and doing town halls and touring around the state. And this didn't actually happen in Iowa, but I wanted to mention Nikki Haley held a CNN town hall event with Jake Tapper. Tapper asked her about her definition of the word woke, which we defined actually last week if you want to listen to that or just google it Haley used the example of quote biological boys playing in girls sports as her main example of woke culture which she said involves a quote small minority of americans pushing what they want on the rest of the country including things like identifying pronouns she then claimed the reason around 30 percent of teen girls recently contemplated suicide was due to their exposure to transgender girls a claim she did not provide evidence for and backed up with no basis in fact. That's obviously just hogwash. Her quote was, I want to quote this, how are we supposed to get our girls used to the fact that biological boys are in their locker room? And then we wonder why a third of our teenage girls seriously contemplated suicide last year. We should be growing strong girls, confident girls. Yeah, it's, it's just making something out of nothing just to, to foment anger and it's just... What happens in most of the schools where this is an issue, they get, you know, the people involved and they find a resolution and things work out. Exactly. And, yeah, that's just how it happens. Schools deal with this. And, you know, there's some, she might be surprised, but there's transgender people around. There have always been transgender people around. And now all of a sudden it's an issue because society has opened up because in general we move toward more inclusivity giving uh, rights to, you know, to different minorities, which is a good thing, giving rights to women, which is a good thing, giving rights to, oh, marginalized uh, people because of their gender. And it's just an expansion of rights. And that's what we want. We don't want a narrowing of rights. So the Republicans, for all their talk about freedom, it's their freedom to impose their will on us. It's not about freedom for the people. Yeah, their freedom is my freedom to be racist. Yeah. Literally. That's, mm -hmm. you know, why do you Sexist, shame me for yeah. having these ideas? Yeah. Because they're fucking crazy ideas. Yeah. That's why. You deserve to be shamed. Most of those people are shameless anyway, so we can just ignore them, in yeah. my opinion. We should ignore Nikki Haley. 
I know you had an article about how she has a chance, but it's like if this is what she's going to be talking about, is she just going to try to outright I guess. Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump? Because I was honestly kind of surprised. I don't know Nikki Haley all that well. I don't really know much of her positions. But I was actually shocked to see those words coming out of her. Yeah, they're all doing it. And, you know, and it's just like, I was sort of swayed by your conversation on foreign policy. I thought her, you know, what she was saying on foreign policy at the session I attended. But we're not talking about those issues anymore. We're talking about cultural issues. So, And it doesn't seem like that's something that she should want. Well, she's trying to appeal to the base. But that's the thing. She's appealing to whose base? She's appealing to somebody else's base. So, And you're not going to win those people away no. from Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis by saying this stuff. No. And most people don't agree with that stuff at all. Even in the Republican Party, it's right. not like it's probably more of a 50-50 split than what these people think. In terms of views on homosexuality, transsexuality. Yeah, I would guess so. But anyway, she's running... Most for... people don't care at all, is what I really mean. I mean, most people, day-to-day, paid no mind to things like this. Most people don't, but, you know, they want to make it an issue, and they do. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Dick Cheney had a gay daughter, and uh, yeah. he just acted like she didn't exist for a while. Right. But then all, you know, then he changed. And most of us have gay energy. Well, I think the nation changed, so he changed along with it. I don't think. Well, now we're going really... back, which is just bizarre. Well, yeah, I didn't have this part of the agenda. I saw this just this morning, but I think it was Human Rights Watch. Some national organization called for a state of emergency for LGBTQ individuals in America. Yeah, well, I mean, I did an interview a few years ago with a young trans man, and he's beaten up all the time. He's, you know, scorned on the streets of Pella, and it's just, it was a horrifying interview. I mean, but the thing is, I know so many trans people, and it's just like they're emerging over my lifetime. They're just emerging. But just because I just noticed it, and like a lot of people didn't notice Cross-culturally, it happens all the time. And many other places are much more, oh, understanding of these people that occupy a different sphere. It's just, yeah, it's here. And we've got to, we've got to welcome them for what they bring to us, the different perspectives. A lot of people bring up if somebody tweets about how, geez, there wasn't this many transgender or gay people when I was in school 50 years ago. And people always post the percentage of left-handedness you know they used to teach away left-handedness so when once they stopped doing that there was a lot more quote-unquote left-handed people it's like they were always there they were just in the shadows or tried to not make it known well right we didn't think we had any gay kids when i was in high school but now now we know we had you know had a small class we had several gay kids but we didn't know it at the time because they I wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah, they weren't comfortable enough to share. I want to get to our tweet of the week as part of our cock talk. This is from at Natalie underscore Allison. Unfortunately for Mike Pence, a ton of reporters were swarming around Ron DeSantis and missed his big entrance on the motorcycle. The only candidate to ride at Joni Ernst roast and ride in Des Moines. That tweet just immediately made me, I just pictured it right away. Mike Pence just sad rolling up on a motorcycle and the whole... 50 
TV reporters just swarming around Ron DeSantis, and he's just like, <laughs> nobody cares about Mike Pence. <laughs> Mike Pence cares about Mike Pence, but no, he's pathetic. Well, and speaking of Pence, uh, he is officially announcing his campaign. This is released Wednesday morning, but it is actually Tuesday night, so it happened last night. And he's doing that at an event in Des Moines, and he's also set to hold a CNN town hall the same day. Not exactly sure when that's going to be airing, but uh, I'm sure you'll be tuned in for that, won't you? (laughs) Probably not. Did I ever tell you the story about the makeup woman that, you know... You did, but please share. I haven't told it here, have I? I don't think so. Well, I was going on CNN. Uh, There's some caucus thing, and it was, and you know, I'm there early because I worry about my truck breaking down. So I'm there, (laughs) and I'm talking to the makeup artist. And yeah, they they want to make sure my forehead doesn't glow on the camera. I was going on reliable sources, I think. And so the woman and I, she'd worked in Hollywood for many years, then came home to help her mom. And uh, anyway, we started talking about people we've interviewed. I said, uh, well, so who's your favorite person that you've ever done makeup for? And uh, she said, Roger Daltrey with The Who. He made me feel like the only girl in the world. That is she cool. It was really cool. I, said, I don't think I heard that part of you it. You didn't That's, hear that no, part? Huh? She really liked that. And then uh, I said, who's the worst? And she said, Gina Davis, just the worst. Really? Yeah. And I said, well, how was Obama? Pleasant, professional, pleasant. I said, how was Donald Trump? And she said he was uh, just distant, acted like she was a piece of furniture. And uh, so then, you know, I'm telling her some of the people I've interviewed, and we sit, we have a pause, and then she says, do you want to know the weirdest, (laughs) the weirdest (laughs) interview, or the weirdest, no, interview, she was doing the makeup. The weirdest person? And I said, yeah, I want to know. And she said, Mike Pence. I said, Mike Pence? Why Mike Pence? She said, well, first is I'm trying to do his makeup, but his wife had to make sure she was between me and him while I'm putting on makeup. She's trying to put on makeup on Mike Pence, and his wife was getting in the way because she couldn't be close. Right. I mean... Yeah, that was a big thing. He couldn't even be in a room alone with the So can you imagine everybody use your mind's eye, Mike Pence's wife in between Mike and the the makeup... (laughs) artist and then and I said well you know that was odd enough and then she said and then you know he always had to be looking at it he'd have to stand up and see what it looked like and I said why would he have to be always be getting up and seeing what it looked like and uh, I said does he have a bad complexion and she goes no 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 he's a very handsome man I said so why does he have to always be looking at the makeup and she said let me put it this way He's had a lot of work done. Ah. Lots of plastic surgery for Mike Pence, which even more fake than we think he is now. He's a plastic man. Yeah. Now look at him, and he'll never look at him the same way. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Sort of divergent. But yeah, so. Right on topic, Dr. Bob. I'm always down for Mike Pence as a weirdo story. Uh, Speaking of people jumping into the race, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who you've talked about several times on the pod, is set to announce his candidacy also on June 7th, so on Tuesday night, at a town hall in New Hampshire. Christie and Pence will be the seventh and eighth candidates to enter the Republican race. I just hope it's, you know, roller derby and 
and uh, Chris Christie pounds the stuffing out of Trump and somebody swings by and skates by and right. well I don't know what I hope I don't you know I don't know I don't I just hope that they lose because everybody's going to be bad all of them are going to be bad you know Trump or the alternative right most likely DeSantis at this point but his numbers have not necessarily been shooting up like you would have probably expected him to do Trump is still looking pretty good in the Republican polls and we've mentioned this several times more and more people that enter into the race the more the margins get a lot smaller for everybody except for Donald Trump. Yeah, and who knows? Donald Trump just might be confined to Mar-a-Lago <laughs> and an ankle bracelet right. and a flip phone. We've talked plenty about Republican candidates. Of course, the Democratic nomination is sewed up. Nobody's Well, there may be people that run against Joe Biden, but he's going to have the nominations unless something catastrophic happens. So I wanted to bring up some some candidates. First of all, few days ago, but a week ago or so, I asked my girlfriend, Jesse, who would you like to see run in 2028, the next time the Democrats have a chance to have an open primary? She had no clue. Couldn't name one person. And I don't, I don't think she's alone. I think the Democrats have a bit of a problem with trying to get some of their younger faces into the machine and get them... Well, they're not more investing well in them. Well, for example, they're, I was just thinking this morning, like I knew much. I knew more of Donald Trump's cabinet, even though it was a revolving door, than I know of Joe Biden's cabinet, and we're three years in. Well, yeah, because the Joe, most of the Joe Biden cabinet members are competent and not causing sure. all kinds of weirdness. Imagine Rick Perry. My God. I mean, well, yeah, Scott Pruitt yeah. and Mnuchin. I mean, but that's the thing. I can name them at least. I mean, my point is that because they were scoundrels. Up, I, well, yeah, but I think that there's also a point to be made that why aren't we highlighting a lot of you've said this yourself. Yeah. Why aren't we highlighting the successes of his own cabinet and his own officials? Yeah, no, they should be. They should be really the only the people. Bench. The only people I know is Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary, uh, Merrick Garland is the attorney general, and Anthony Blinken is the secretary of defense. And I don't think I could, I couldn't tell you who the, like Perry was the secretary of energy. Like I don't, I have no idea who the hell the secretary of energy is right now. Well, I've forgotten. So I didn't want to bring up, I just Googled. Because <laughs> I, I didn't really have much of an idea either, other than like Pete Buttigieg. Another big name is Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And then a couple other names that I was kind of introduced to. And by the way, they're all governors. So governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Pete, of course, is not a governor. But the other two, Josh Shapiro, governor of Pennsylvania, and Wes Moore, the governor of Maryland, are supposedly people to watch. Wes Moore is... African-American. Josh Shapiro is Jewish. In fact, he took his oath of office on a Tree of Life synagogue Bible when he was sworn into office as the governor. Of course, the Tree of Life synagogue was a target of a anti-Semitic gunman in a mass shooting. So they're good. I mean, that's the thing that they're good, but it's like, am I really going to get excited about Josh Shapiro? Is anybody else going to get really excited about Josh Shapiro? You know, it's too bad. We got excited about uh, Fetterman, but then, yeah. you know, he had the health issues. Right. So, I mean, it's not impossible, but there has to be something different and unique about it. I don't know. You know, there's some other people, too. Raphael Warnock is, yeah. is a good one to think about. So is um, Gretchen Whitmer. Amy Klobuchar, you know, she ran before. Um, 
and all of them dropped out once Biden won South Carolina. But I don't know. There's some good people. Gavin Newsom, I don't, I don't know, maybe. I just don't, I don't like the guys that went to parties when they were telling us not to. I mean, mm -hmm. he's got the Boris Johnson problem. Yeah, he, he definitely seems like an elitist type of guy, yeah. and he would easily be attacked specifically for that, but for many other reasons. I mean, California just has a reputation nationwide as being this, you know, liberal wasteland. So well, I'm not sure if a Democrat from California would be able to win a nationwide vote. I just, I don't know. Well, that's, yeah. Well, I don't know. Over the insurrectionists, I, you would think that we should be able to, you know, to win, but who knows? Don't forget Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Harris, um, Beto O'Rourke might and the thing is, we're still five years away from any of this happening. So there's probably plenty of people that are currently not in office. That I mean, Barack Obama was basically a freshly minted senator when he gave that speech at the Democratic convention to raise his national profile. So maybe we'll get a repeat of that, a, a young upcoming senator or congress person. Katie nice. Porter would be amazing, but I think she might start with the Senate especially depending on what's going on with Dianne Feinstein. So we'll see what happens in California. Yeah. Yep. Ro Khanna, also another California that... He's a really good man. Yeah. He'd really. be great. I just don't know how much of a chance he would have, again, in a nationwide contest. Yeah, he's... I was going to be on CNN again, and I met um, Ro Khanna there. He was here in Iowa, and so he was before me, and he and I chatted before I went on. I said, you need to come to Knoxville. And he did. Yeah, right. <laughs> he came. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know. I was just being courteous and invited him. And he came and then COVID hit. Yeah. And so, you know, I talked to him. I don't know when did I talk to him. A month or so ago. He's just a good guy. Very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. And would appeal to people in Iowa, I think, because he's big in agriculture. He knows yeah. what he's talking about with agriculture. He knows how to at least try to balance what farmers need with what the environment needs. And a lot of that probably comes from you as well, a well, lot of your writing on how we can help out with climate he, change. He talks that. to everybody. Yeah. He wants to know. Listens, people, yeah, yeah, listens to a lot of different Listens people. to everybody. And he's always here. And uh, But he's always everywhere. Doug Burns, former publisher of the Carol, uh, Carol's paper, the um, Times, he uh, goes all over the country with Roe. It's yeah. really interesting. He's just a curious guy and wants to learn. So, Let's take a wider scope. This is kind of dominating a lot of the news headlines recently. The Republican attacks on the FBI continue. This is from Axios. The FBI provided oversight chair James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, and ranking member Jamie Raskin, a Democrat from Maryland, Access to an FBI form made in 2020, which details an allegation about a criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden. The form, called an FD-1023, is used to chronicle interviews with FBI sources and does not inherently indicate wrongdoing. A quote from, uh, this is from James Comer, at the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday, which is tomorrow. So they're going to call Christopher Ray into this House Oversight Committee and grill his ass, apparently. So this all is all about this Ukraine, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden plot 
of you know this whole conspiracy thing to make a bunch of money off of Burisma or whatever. I mean, I, it's hard to even keep track of what their conspiracy theories are. But this is all, yeah, this is all about Joe and Hunter Biden, and they're continuing to try to walk this line. Well, I wrote in the New York Times that I thought that it would, that the, you can investigate Ukraine and you can investigate Hunter Biden. But the, what bothered me, and this was before Biden was elected, this was in the caucus time, Hunter Biden wasn't hired by Burisma because of his skills. He was hired because his last name was Biden. Mm -hmm. And just the appearance of impropriety is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just I just didn't like it then. I don't like it now. It looks like there's, you know, not much, if anything, to do with any of it. But what happens is any time that there's an allegation, well, every time Trump is in the news or something bad about Republicans are in the news, they'll throw out this stuff about an investigation. Grassley did it recently. And uh, I don't know, but that sort of faded. And remember all the investigations Jim Jordan was going to yeah. do? All of them fizzled. All of these things always fizzle, but they throw up something in the air and the media grabs it, and the Republicans, they just decide, oh, what are we going to do now? We're going to accuse something just to draw attention to the controversy. So it's... Yeah, this is just continuing that same line. Yeah. They're going to bring in Christopher Ray, talk to him about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. He's going to say the same stuff he's always said or say nothing at all because he can't. And they're going to get all the media coverage, and then nothing's going to happen. Nothing. If they had actual proof of crimes committed... Then let's see the let's see the proof. And you know what? There's a big difference. If there's proof of crime, let's just say that there's proof that Biden did something wrong and that there was a crime. You know what Democrats are going to say? Well, go get him. Right. That's just too bad. What do Republicans do with all of the crimes that Trump has committed? Fake that, news. Yeah, yeah. Republicans. I don't know. It's just it's, there's no integrity. Nothing he does will they ever bail on him until all of a sudden something so bad happens. Maybe they'll all flip. But I doubt it. They have no courage. And it's but the Democrat we don't care. Right. If he did it, no man is above the law. Same thing when they were talking about Clarence Thomas in the Supreme Court. It's like if they're if the liberal judges were doing the same thing, we would say, yeah, yeah. do what you get need to do. Right. You know, whatever the punishment is, do it. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people would be lining up behind Sotomayor to say, I want her to take these bribes. <laughs> That's because, part of the American process. Because integrity doesn't matter. Honesty doesn't matter. All that matters is the ideology. Yeah. You put its ideology over country. And their ideology is give all the money to the rich. Yeah, absolutely. Take all the money from the... Yeah, that's it. And give it to the most privileged people in the history of the planet, right-wing Republicans. Yep. And take public money to build more Republicans by giving public money that should go to the public schools to private schools. I see there's, uh, Oklahoma has just publicly funded a completely a uh, private school, private religious school. So it's just all dominoes toppling, all for power because of ideology and money. Can't forget the money at the bottom of it all. Do you want to just cap that story off with Jamie Raskin's quote 
of course, we know what the Republicans want to do. They want to grill Christopher Ray. They want to, again, get this news story back into the news with Hunter Biden. But this is Raskin's takeaway was that the allegations in the FD 1023 are the same as the Ukraine related allegations brought by Rudy Giuliani, which were evaluated by a federal prosecutor under President Trump, which we talked about. The evaluation resulted there being, quote, no grounds to escalate from an initial assessment to a preliminary investigation, end quote. So a nothing burger is pretty much what Raskin is saying. Let's get to some good news. A couple good news stories this week. A Virginia woman who worked as a nurse during World War II celebrated her 100th birthday surrounded by family. Quote, they just told me they would pick me up around one and I didn't know why or where or what. And here I am, end quote. And that's Gertrude LeBlanc. Love that name. Gertrude LeBlanc is 100 years old. She told that to WLJA. LeBlanc joined the Army as an Army Corps nurse before deploying during World War II to Spain. She said she decided to join the Army after a movie experience she had in the 40s. Quote, they showed pictures of the war and that they needed nurses and stuff. And I walked out of the movie and there was Uncle Sam's statue standing there saying, we need you or something like that. She celebrated her birthday alongside her great-grandchildren and the Manassas mayor. LeBlanc lives alone and loves reading books. She said, quote, I love this. Quote, just do what you're supposed to do and be good to people. Good advice. That's good news, man. Maybe you'll live to be 100 if you do that. Probably have a better chance to living to 100. And other good news, Gen Z may be ditching the smartphone. Have you heard about this at all? No. Dumb phone sales are rising thanks to younger users just to get away from social media and email just so they can say, hey, I don't have a smartphone, you know whether it's employers or friends or whoever, if you don't have a smartphone, then you can say, you know, it's almost like when you were actually, when I was a kid and we're out of the house and you got the answering machine, better luck next time. I'm not at home. Yeah. Yeah. You hear all this about kids for so long with their, you know, always having their head in their phone. You know who the worst person with their phone is? Me. (laughs) I'm pointing at you. Yeah. I am. I'm. I'm so bad. It's like I can't not look at it. I need. I need an intervention. Maybe we should do that as part of the podcast at some point. Uh, I don't. Just think bring so. in your family and say, "Get off the fucking phone." I'm better at home. You're better about not using yeah. the phone at home. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the time you're just using it to, you know, do your job a lot of the right. time, or get store, you know, get ideas for stories and just keep up to date on the news. I don't think you're playing. You know, mindless no. games or watching TikTok and that sort no, of stuff. No, I don't. No, it's all work. Right. Or learning. Yeah, you should see Dr. Bob's Google tabs. On average, how many tabs do you have open at one time? Yeah, open up your... How many? Oh, God. That's... I'd say at least 30. No, that's 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe yeah, 60. 60. <laughs> that's... A, it's all stuff I'm working on. Right. You've got Google Docs and yeah, news stories and yeah. stories that you're working on, all your Google Suite, so you've got your email and YouTube and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. You've always been that way, honestly. Well, yeah. Because I've, I've seen you be on the internet. Because I, I can't focus for too long on something, so I'm always moving on to the next thing. So you're kind of like a pack rat when it comes to technology. I'm the opposite. I'm... I only have open what I need to have open 
and then once I'm done, I and I'm like that way in general. I'm I wouldn't call myself a neat freak necessarily, but I like to have things tidy. Just for my brain, it just helps me work more efficiently. Whereas you're just the opposite. Well, when I'm done with something, I close the tab. Right. If I'm not done with it, I don't close the tab because you know what? It's like a bookmark for my brain. Right. Like, oh, okay, this is what I was working on. And then you're back in the mode of when you were working on it. Very cool. All right, it's time for my top five, unless you have anything else that you want to talk about. No. Top five this week is top five Spencers. Not that many Spencers to choose from, to be quite honest. We'll start with Dead Last Always, Spencer from The Hills. You've never seen the show The Hills. I'm glad you haven't, honestly. I'm embarrassed to say that I have seen it. It was a reality show on MTV 10 years ago-ish. And Spencer Pratt was like the villain of the show. Remember when they used to combine celebrity names who were dating, like Brad and Angelina was Brangelina. Spencer and Heidi were Spidey back in the day. Heidi who? Uh, Montag, I think was her name. She was just a a rich, young person in California that they followed around with cameras just because she was blonde and rich and young. (laughs) It was a simpler time, Dr. Bob. This sounds so stupid. It was stupid. And that's why he's dead last always. I hate Spencer from the Hills. I hate sharing a name with him. All right, let's get into the top five. Number five is Spencer for Hire. I read all those books. And And the movies... And then not the movie, but the TV, TV show. show. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a book, actually. I just remember the TV show. Robert Parker wrote the books. Okay. And they're very good books, you know, detective thrillers. and the, Well, not thrillers, but you know what I mean. Would Robert Parker be a top five Robert? Probably. <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah. Probably. I'm going to have my top five Bobs here in a minute, by the way. I'm going to surprise you. you with them, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Robert Parker is good. I like Robert uh, but, uh, I hope you said Bob Newhart was one of yours. Uh, no. Uh, in fact, I didn't even think of Bob Newhart. But he was also a little before my time. Sort of like Spencer for Hire. I remember it from when I was a kid. And everybody, like all my parents, friends, always used to call me Spencer for Hire. Because it was popular when I was, you know, born until I was five or six. So yeah, number five is Spencer for Hire. Number four is Spencer Tracy. Yeah, that's a good one. Handsome leading man from the... Gruff. What, 40s, 50s, 60s, kind of? Yeah, he uh, played a reporter in one show. I forget what it was. Some kid got, person caught, trapped down a hole, and (laughs) some reporter, and I don't know, some kind of a drama in in a cave is all I remember. But he was good. He did a lot of good work. Yeah, he was a great actor. Number three is Diana, Princess of Wales. Lady Di, Diana Spencer. She's dead. Number two, Spencer's Gifts, the store. Well, I remember getting the catalogs before there was the oh, store. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Spencer's catalogs gifts. are sort of interesting. The stores are sort of boring, bright and shiny. Yeah. I like Spencer's Gifts. There's always just weird stuff in there. It's just kind of cool. I don't know if I really buy a whole lot of stuff from there, but... It's a bunch of cheap crap. Well, yeah, when I was younger, that was like the number one store that you went to in the mall when you were in high school just because they had posters and cds and band t-shirts and like lava lamps and all that sort of stuff it's okay if you're under like 13 right yeah all right you ready for my number one i bet you could guess spencer lee 
Ding, 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 ding. Well done. Of course. Of course. We've talked about that before. It is cool to share my name with the best wrestler in the world, or at least Mm -hmm. one of the best wrestlers. Probably when healthy, the best wrestler in the world, pound for pound. Well, you want some of my Spencers? Yeah. Um... Well, first, I have to say my favorite Spencer is you. Aw, Dr. Bob. You knew that was coming. (laughs) I didn't, but I appreciate it. Probably my second Spencer is uh, um, Herbert Spencer. Herbert was a brilliant polymath, contemporary of Darwin. He wrote a book. you know, this is just off the top of my head. I haven't prepared, but he wrote a book called Principles of of Psychology, the one of the fundamental, you know, books underpinning. Yeah, back then it must have been yeah, yeah groundbreaking. Principles of Sociology, same thing. Um, Principles of Biology. Damn. He wrote all those things. He actually, not Darwin, came up with the term the survival of the fittest. Really. Yeah, because he wrote an evolutionary thing, and there was a different. There was a difference between him and Darwin. He proposed that the mechanism of transmission was Lamarckian, and so it was learned as part of like that transmission wasn't. He didn't know genetics. I mean, Darwin didn't know genetics either. But what he proposed, because we didn't know that until Mendel later on, like yeah. 30, 40 years later, but. He thought that the traits could be inherited, that inherited traits in one generation could be passed on to the next generation when it really couldn't. But, I mean, that's this minor thing. One of the greatest minds of all time. Herbert Spencer. Herbert Spencer. He should probably be the top of everybody's list. I'll be damned. Well, yeah, Spencer Lee. Sorry, bud. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, he was amazing. Um, Edmund Spencer was a... Uh, he wrote The Fairy Queen. He was... The poet of poets, because his lyricism was just incredible. In the 1500s, he was he was a poet that brought in all aspects of humanity, of the sciences, you know, post Renaissance. But it was back when you could know pretty much the basics of everything, all the arts and letters and sciences, the great minds of the time. And he put that all into poetry, wrapped it all up in a bow. So he was brilliant, another brilliant Spencer. Yeah, the fairy queen. And was also sort of sociological commentary on the royal family at the time, the Tudors, I believe. Sure. It's been a long time since I read the fairy queen. Right. So there's a couple of Spencers for you. Now I'm afraid to even do my top five Bobs because <laughs> that's hard to follow. Okay, number five is Robert Ory. Big Shot Bob. One of the best sports nicknames of all time. And you've never even heard of him. Never heard of him. He is the, he's won the most championships of any NBA player aside from all the Celtics in the 50s and 60s when they won, you know, 10 in a row or whatever it was. He won seven world championships as an NBA player. Was never the best player on the knee, on the team. Probably was never really even the third best player on the team, but he was a clutch performer. Always did well in the playoffs and especially in the NBA finals. Won couple with the Houston Rockets, then several with the LA Lakers, and those are the, the bulk of them the Rockets and, and the Lakers. So Big Shot Bob, number five. We're sort of steady folks. Yes, exactly. 
and come through in the clutch. You can always count on Bob's. Number four, Bob Barker. <laughs> Price is right. Yeah, he's funny. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Bob Vila. Yeah. Just about this old house. Yeah, I remember him. Taught everybody how to fix their own house. Number two is Bob Einstein. Super Dave? No. You're unfamiliar with Super Dave? Super Dave Osborne? It was like a syndicated show. He used to, basically it was a parody of Evil Knievel. Where he would dream up these ridiculous stunts and then they would fail miserably, but it was hilarious. Do you hear the little, um, I don't know, little noises of bouncing balls? That's my brain. And I'm searching and searching and I'm not catching anything. I got nothing. He's hilarious. Uh, Just an all-around very smart comedian, producer. Just really good. He was on David Letterman a lot, too. Was a great guest. Like, he was just a great talk show guest. He'd always have gags and stuff. Bob Einstein. Past my bedtime. Isn't it weird, though, too? I grew up with Super Dave Osborne, like, watching that. Like, it was a syndicated show on late night TV and... Then you find out the guy's real name is Bob Einstein. Yeah. (laughs) And number one is Dr. Bob Leonard. How about Bob Robert Redford? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a good Bob. Yeah. Very handsome. Great actor. We all are. Yeah. Bobs are good looking, come through in (laughs) the clutch. We're all sort of, yeah, we're middle of the road, regular (laughs) people. Yeah. You can always count on the Bob. Yeah. And if you have three of us, it's Bob, Bob, bobbing along. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to end it. Well done, as always, Dr. Bob. Uh, always appreciate uh, you coming by, and I will cherish these moments a lot more as we go through because, yeah, we'll no longer... Our next episode, next week, will actually our, be our last podcast as co-workers. Yep. So... Then it could get really crazy then. Exactly. That should be a lot of fun. So thanks for clicking play this week on the Iowa Revolution podcast. We always appreciate any feedback that you have for us or drop us a like. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Certainly appreciate you listening to us on our Substack. And again, make sure that you subscribe to our Substack so that you don't miss any episodes. We come to you every Wednesday morning. Dr. Bob, thanks again. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Spencer.